thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. My name is Danny, your host, and today I'm so excited to bring Erin to the podcast. She is a ceremony facilitator, badass soul sister, and in about two days on 11-11-2021, she's going to have her brand new shop opening. It's called Set and Setting. And so if you want to find out a little bit more about her shop, check her out on Instagram. It's at my set and setting. And there you'll find the address. It's in Morrow Bay, California, and a little bit more about what this shop will offer. So in this episode, we talk about a lot of things, actually. <laughs> we talk about um, her shop, Set and Setting. We talk about how we met, which was in Fit for Service, with it, which is the Aubrey Marcus Fellowship and an amazing tribe and group community. Uh, so we talk about that. We talk about doing the work and Aaron's journey through being an atheist, sort of a non-believer all the way till now present day, she's opening up a very amazing sacred spot where you can do ceremonies. It's a safe space for talking. So you don't feel like you're alone. And then at the front of the store, you'll find stuff like books and sage and art and things to make sure your set and setting is perfect. Um, so we talk about that. We talk about plant medicine, shamanism, uh, filling up that en empty space that sometimes we find in life and what that means. So her journey to wholeness. We also talk about the importance of integration. So whether it be after a plant medicine ceremony, after a pretty intense summit or retreat, uh, the importance of integrating those experiences and how integration and set and setting are two very, very important things. Um, and set and setting we talk about, but we at the very end of the podcast, we talk about how life is a ceremony and how set and setting doesn't just matter for psychedelic experiences and very intense retreats. Your set and setting is actually with you every single second of every single day. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, and Aaron, again, congrats and best of luck on your shop opening. I can't wait to come visit you in California and everybody out there, go visit her. It's set and setting. And if you want to find out a little bit more at my set and setting on Instagram. Okay. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. I'll see you on the next one. I'm so excited because this is um, my first interview with somebody from Fit for Service. Huh. And her name is Erin. And we have, I think I've, I might, I might have found the coolest member in Fit for Service to interview, by the way. And it's so cool that you're my first one from Fit for Service because you were the first person that I connected to on our very first call. When I told my story, I remember you messaged me and you're like, we're going to need to talk. So it's so interesting to see it come full circle a couple months later. Yeah, here we are talking. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited and I'm honored and all the things. And um, I'm excited to learn more about you and what you have, what, what kind of your past, which brought you to this point, and then what you have coming up and going forward. Um, but I guess, why don't we just start it off with how we met and, and how we got connected and we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Um, well, I don't know how much your, your audience is familiar with, um, Fit for Service. Uh, uh, it's a fellowship um, <clears throat> created by and led by Aubrey Marcus that you and I are both members of. Uh, I've been in since January and you started up um, May, I think it started. Um, and yeah, we did. We met on a, a Zoom call 
and we've been working some incredible programming together in the last few months for sure. Um, we have been, you know, very focused on the sacred union of the divine masculine and divine feminine and you coming into this last trimester. That's what that was all about. Um, it's been, uh, very interesting taking these deep dives inward and, and healing some stuff and taking a look at things. And it's been, it's been pretty great. It's, you know, um, yeah, self-care, self-exploration, self-love, always a good thing, getting us back to our, our core selves. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that I'm one of the coolest members of Fit for Service. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty. There are plenty. There are so plenty. I'm really glad I get to be the first one to talk to you about it. So that's great. Me too. And when we had our conversation, um, I know this might be your last trimester, with everybody or possibly, but you were talking about how, like when I, when I talk to you, it, you're not just somebody who talks the talk, you're somebody who walks the walk. So you're somebody who's like in the example of doing all this work, not just over this last year that you've been in fit for service, but you know, for your whole life, you said you've been kind of doing this and uncovering it on a certain path. So it's really cool to be connected with you now in fit for service. Now that I'm kind of doing some of the work now and starting to walk the walk, but you're one of those people for me that are, are the work. Like when I met you at Sedona and I got to give you a hug, it was like, so amazing to actually meet you in person. It's so cool to, to get like through flesh and I could give you a hug and all the things. Um, so Sedona, I just recorded a podcast about my experience in Sedona, but I guess just to give everybody a little recap of like fit for service and like what kind of stuff we do, what was Sedona like for you? Oh, Sedona was beautiful and, uh, what a great culmination of the entire year and a great way for me to end my, uh, term in fit for service. It was extremely powerful. I mean, Sedona itself is such a powerful place to begin with. And then the workshops that we that we did, you know, eye gazing and talking about, you know, our deepest pains that we walk around with. And of course, the incredible breath work that we did, mm -hmm. the soul wander out into the desert, just really, gosh, it was so, I, I mean, it was just kind of so every thing you know it was a perfect way way to end it mm. um and like you said you know i'm a i'm a little bit older than you so yeah i've been i've been doing the work a little bit for the last few years always trying to to grow and make myself better and and happier mm. and that just kind of it led me to this group um for community really which is the, the really the core of fit for service i feel um and that community, gosh, has made such a big difference, especially in light of the last year and a half that we've all been having. And mm -hmm. it was just really a, a key element to my personal growth, because I think with a lot of spiritual practices, at least the ones that I'm engaged with, it's very much a solo endeavor. And I just felt like I had gone as far as I could go alone. And, you know, just kind of needed, needed to know there were more, more of me out there, you know, yes. in yes. a way. I totally agree. The, tri the, the tribe is the, where the magic is. Don't get me wrong. The coaches are amazing. Aubrey's amazing. Vailana's great. 
but the tribe and like the connections like this and what we were able to experience on the calls and at summit is like, that's where the magic is. And it's so helpful to know that you're not the only one that wants to talk about energy and universe and plant medicine and all of these cool things that are out in the world that are maybe a little bit different than what society talks about every day on the news. So, um, it really makes you feel so much less alone. And I joined for the same reason. It was, it was for the tribe. Um, yeah. And so I actually have a question. So you said that you've been doing this work for a little while and, and that led you to fit for service. So what was your work like before fit for service? What's your, what, what was that journey about? I, I would say that I started really looking into my, my spirituality somewhere around probably the age of 30. Um, I had been raised Catholic, which really, you know, I'm a recovering Catholic, as they like to say, um, and organized religion and that kind of thing didn't, really did not resonate with me. And for a very long time, I'd kind of shelved it and just declared myself an atheist and, you know, was very hard line about that. And then around that time around the time of 30 i actually had gotten sober um under some pretty severe circumstances under one which gets sober um and that whole higher power thing came came into play and i finally i i kind of started to soften on that a little bit i started looking into like buddhism and and you know just things that didn't necessarily require God with a capital G kind of a God Mm -hmm. and I sat with that for a while and then again you know life gets busy and you you get full and it's like okay I'm going to put that on the shelf for a little bit and probably about oh I don't know let's call it 10 years ago I started feeling very not whole I had a thriving business, I had friends, I had a partner, there was nothing on the surface that would lead me to be, you know, to be unhappy in any way. Um, but I just, something was missing. So I actually sat with a shaman who was recommended to me. Uh, we'll call him Shaman John. Um, and he did just the most amazing healing with me without any plant medicine anything like that sort of like a soul retrieval in a way and what had happened was I realized that was the part of me that was missing this kind of spiritual you know um getting to know my soul again and and reaching back if that was the space that was a void for me inside uh so I started to get into it um different routes of shamanism and and just nature-based and it just really appealed to me there was something about it and I could see it being practiced with results in real time um, like the soul retrieval that he did to me and just had just how much lighter and better I had felt afterwards Mm. and I'm like okay this is this is my path so started getting very heavily into meditating um, started developing altars and really paying attention to that and setting aside time every day and reading the books and being out in nature and doing the things and honoring the seasons and you know all of those things but again got to a point where it's like okay 
I'm still by myself doing this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the friends that I have, and I, I, I keep using the term in real life, and I really need to stop doing that <laughs> because you guys are actually my real life now. Um, yeah. uh, but my friends at the time, I, I, you know, not that it's no character assassination on any of them, or but I think they just have all kind of reached a point where this is me, this is who I am, I don't need to explore more, I don't, you know, the one of some of the dangers of adulthood, when it's like, nope, this is me, I don't need to change, I don't need to grow, Mm -hmm. so again, I found myself kind of on my own, and oh, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, probably, um, I discovered Joe Rogan's podcast, Um, started with the Henry Rollins episode, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it, And then, you know, through Joe, I found Aubrey. And Aubrey was actually speaking about things that nobody was speaking about. Mm -hmm. Plant medicine journeys, um, this type of spirituality, very out in the open, very woo-woo, but very much not, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started following him, listening to him, um, read his book followed then followed guests that he would have and just kind of went down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and one of the guests that he had had was Anahata Ananda who I ended up doing a healing session with in Sedona and breath work uh, when she was here in California down in Los Angeles wow yeah and at that breath work ceremony I met people who were in fit for service which I had known about, obviously, from following him, but it didn't seem like a group that I would necessarily fit into. Um, Everyone looked a great deal younger, um, a great deal more jacked up, this Mm -hmm. type of thing. And, you know, it's it's certainly not without its expense. Um, But what I found uh, from these people who absolutely told me I would fit in without a problem, that this is the group, that these are the things that they talk about, this is the way that they carry themselves in the world. And when COVID hit and the uh, the lockdown, I thought there was really no other direction to go but to invest in myself and join this group. And it has really changed just about everything in my life. It's been a marvelous experience. And being in a community with like-minded people who have the same, you know, esoteric and spiritual beliefs that I have and our our view on plant medicine, these types of things, it's just, it really felt like coming home and it's Mm -hmm. really allowed me to step into who I am, that we sometimes keep quiet It, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Salem witch trials in a way, you know, like we can talk about some things with um, the people in, in the outside world, but you never want to go too far because people can be very dismissive and just that kind of, uh, you know, yeah, we understand we're there too, not being dismissed, not, oh, Aaron's losing her mind, just going off the deep end, you know, this type of thing that was very reassuring for me and 
yeah, I couldn't be more thrilled that that's the direction it all went in. Mm. So, uh, oh my gosh, I have a couple questions. I don't know where to start. All right. So you said everything's changed. What, mm. what kind of stuff was like flipped on its head, like from January till now? I mean, almost a full year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many things where I live, what I'm doing for a living, um, my core group of friends, my outlook on life. Um, yeah, I had, uh, in January, let's see, you know, just kind of isolated, um, not just because of COVID, but because, because of life, um, you know, as you know, as, as adults, we're almost kind of render to be friends with like the people we work with or you know if we have children we're friends with the parents of our kids friends and this kind of thing and that's mm -hmm. that's where I was I was at um then I had uh gotten a divorce and no kid and no kids parents and just slowly whittled down and mm -hmm. I had a I had a business before I, I was doing I owned an eco cleaning business also very isolating, except for, you know, a couple of staff members, you know, so finding that core group of people just opened everything up mm. and really getting in touch with, you know, in our first trimester, we were in the divine feminine, learning how to listen to our intuition, learning how to trust our intuition. And I asked myself, basically, what, what do you want to do now? Cause this, this isn't enough. It's not satisfying. I mean, it's fine. It was a beautiful living, enjoyed my clients and being of service to them. But I just felt like there was a bigger service I could be of. And it, it softened me being in fit for service, softened me up a little bit and opened my heart up. So I let all these amazing people in who were telling me how amazing I was while I was telling them how amazing they were. And yeah, it just kind of went from there. So, you know, I learned to listen to my intuition. I had sat with some very powerful medicine in the first leading up to the end of last year and the, the beginning of this year um, with 5-MeO-DMT or BUFO. Mm -hmm. And I got the great privilege of being able to hold space mm -hmm. Um, in those ceremonies after I had been through it a couple of times and it really really struck me that this was the kind of service that I wanted to be of for people yes. I wanted to be able to hold that space and facilitate um, to get people to get to their truth you know that it's not all about what we do for a living or who we vote for and our humanity is just so much larger than that and I think that's really why a lot of people are desperately unhappy you know it's these cultural and social norms that we get ourselves up to and um a very surefire shortcut to that is <laughs> plant medicines and you know and entheogens like 5-MeO um 5-MeO is a little more than I want to facilitate on a, on a daily basis for sure. Um, but I'm very well experienced with psilocybin and cannabis. And these are the kinds of medicines that I, that I work with and hold space for people in. And mm. so 
that's how it, it all kind of started. And then how can I do that? So I need to find a space to do that. And on that journey, starting in like March, here we are now, I have found the space and, you know, that's um, at its beginning and yeah, starting up very soon. Like at its very beginning, like at a three days type beginning. So <laughs> yes. you're, you're opening yeah. up your shop at, on 11-11 and it's like happening. Yes, finally, finally. Yeah, it's, yeah, at its very beginnings. Um, oh. Yes, in my journey to find a space and, and want to hold these ceremonies, I stumbled upon a place when I was taking a weekend on vacation here found a place that can do two things for me, which I really wanted. It's a space for ceremony and then an entirely different room and space for retail and what I initially wanted to retail and what's really, you know, inspired me to this point are the gifts and the art of the friends that I have created from Fit for Service. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have a retail store. We're going to sell tribe stuff and I'm going to have a ceremony space. So what's it called? What's it called? Set and setting. <laughs> I know. It's I know. so good. It's, it's one of the better names I've ever had for anything. Um, and, you know, that's exactly what it's about. Um, set and setting, um, if, if your listeners don't know. Um, is a term, the, the credit is given to Timothy Leary, set and mm -hmm. setting around psychedelic experience is your mindset, your intention, and the setting is the space that you're in, who you are with. So in the front, in the retail, we have our set, ceremonial tools, intentional jewelry, conscious art, these types of things. And in the back, we have the setting, um, a groovy little space that, you know, feels safe and warm and comfortable. It's not quite as barren as a yoga studio, but it's got kind of that, you know, same flavor. And the space is really not only for me to host facilitated psilocybin, cannabis, cacao, hape ceremonies. It's really for, for anyone who needs to come and create community. Like it's my intention to fully have women's groups meet here, men's groups, um, people to come and speak on psychedelic integration, people to come and speak on the, on the divine whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, it's available for conscious community. And uh, during the day when the, the store is open, the door will be open for here and people can come back here and have a cup of tea and chill out and you know, that's always been a dream of mine since I'm not a huge drinker. And, you know, most people, you know, they congregate in bars, you know, which again is okay to a certain point. And then, you know, you can't hear each other. It's, it, there's a lot going on. I've always wanted a place where you could just come and chill, you know, without that element. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stealing. I don't know if stealing is the right word, borrowing for, from fit for service you know, and, and making sure that it's a safe place for people to come and have honest conversations about things with, you know, and feel welcome and feel okay. And you're, you're not alone if, 
you know, if you practice witchcraft or if you, you know, if, if you're stone cold atheist, but you believe in the, you know, in the healing power of mushrooms or, you know, ayahuasca and you don't have any safe places to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I want to create here and create community here locally, even though it's a very little teeny town that I'm in, <laughs> but there's conscious community here. I've had folks come knock on the door and like, when are you opening? And we're so excited because I just think everyone, even pre-pandemic, I think people just feel alienated just in in the modern day, you know? Um, I think that's been coming for a while, you know? And I, I think more places like this or along the lines, even, you know, of fit for service, of set and setting, where people can really connect. I think it's it's hugely important. It is. And it's almost like you took what you felt by joining fit for service and created a physical thing out of it. Because yeah. and when I heard when you joined, it's almost like a flower that got watered. Uh -huh. And then you blossom and you were seen and you were watered and you were nourished. And then now to see all of the stuff change in your life and you took something that you felt inside, something that like was perfect at a time in your life and you created a physical space out of it. So now people can come and experience that. And it's not on a Zoom call. It's actually, you can be with them in the same room smelling the same Palo Santo if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's funny because most businesses these days, you know, you start with creating your website, right? I, I still haven't a website because, you know, yeah, it would be great to be able to sell things online, I guess, but that wasn't even the point. Like the, the store part was actually secondary mm -hmm. to, to my initial idea of what I wanted to do. And it just so happens that there was nothing where I was living. And now I've just, I mean, I'm not that far. I'm a couple hours up the coast, but you know, I was willing to change everything for what I wanted to do. And I think that is what I would love, not only the people that we know to take away from it, and whether I succeed or fail here, I, I hope that the impression I've left is, you know, do it, do what you want to do, you know, do what you want to do. We don't have to play by any rules if you know what I mean like there's no you don't have to do something by a certain age you don't have to be a certain thing you don't you know I mean sure pay your taxes other than that you know don't be a dick and do what you want to do you know <laughs> do what you want to do because that inner judge that critic that says well you know I'm 30 so I should be here or I'm 40, I, there, I can't just give it all up and go live in a van. Well, of course you can, you know, cause that's just all in our head. There aren't actually people policing, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not like the 40 year old police that are yeah. like, no, nope, nope, you can't do that. You're too old, you're, you know, too far gone, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I, I think if, if I can inspire people who might be at a crossroads, I mean, that's the most important thing to me, you know, to, if I can lead by example, like I said, even if I fail, it doesn't matter. There's plenty, I, you know, I can always go clean houses again. I could always go, you know, 
we learn hard. We learn best when we fail anyway. So Definitely. And it's never really a failure. And it's how right. you said that you want to inspire people by, um, you want to inspire people to make the leap. Well, you made the leap. So they're looking at you as an example. And something that I know is that the universe rewards the brave. And what you did, my friend, was incredibly brave. Even joining Fit for Service at that time was super brave because you had other, you know, you had your own inner judge and the own story and you just joined and it's been like one brave leap after the other. Um, and so now here you are in your big brave leap. And how could that not inspire? I'm inspired. I want to come to California and see your space and hang out with you and what oh, you've created. Yeah. And you absolutely must. And, and you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you created a cleaning business before that you worked for, for X number of years. And mm. so success leaves clues. And so, and you work, you did that very well. And so I'm just seeing the next thing that you're going to do very well. So I have like a lot of faith and belief in you just judging by how you've done things before. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And it, and, and then it also, you know, makes me excited for what's to come because, um, while I have a, a, a decent idea of what I want to do here, I'm also not married to it. So like if, if the retail side ends up morphing into something else, great. Um, if the community side ends up, you know, being its own little fellowship, you know, set and setting society, I'm already like, it's, you know what I mean? Like these things, they just start popping up. Yep. And if you take just the littlest step every day, um, and I learned that from one of our coaches from Eric Godsey, you know, um, your Damon, your soul's calling if you how you know it's it that's really what it is and it's not your ego yammering at you is you you start taking steps in that direction and the universe meets you it comes to you it meets you there so you almost kind of know pretty quickly I mean and not that things don't go wrong believe me I've been a ball of stress for the last few days but it's not like I feel like I'm forcing a square peg into a round hole kind of a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I decided I wanted to be an opera singer, you know, and it, it, stuff like that, you know? But things have really flowed. Things have definitely gone wrong, not tragically, but of course, you know, that's life. And, and you, you have to master that kind of stuff and just be like, okay, that's cool. Another lesson, I'm learning this but mostly everything is really lined up and flowed. Mm. So that's how I know that, you know, I'm close. I might not be spot on, but I'm definitely headed in the right direction. So what that becomes, you know, I, lo I'm, I loosely hang on to my idea of what stuff's supposed to look like and just kind of head in the direction. So good. So good. And I... I just uh, have such a good feeling about this too, because like a Buddhist lesson that I always come back to is we only lose what we cling to. And because you're not clinging too tightly to anything, I feel like it's just going to keep unfolding and being something super beautiful. And I'm also reminded of the structure of fit for service. From what I've heard, the first couple summits were not that together like this last one that we were. I heard that, you know, things were just a little bit here and there, but as they keep going, and even like now there's an app. And so like, 
even if you look at the way that they've refined and polished fit for service over the last however long it's been going, it's just sort of evolved into what it is now. Right, right. And that's, it's, it's a living thing. Yes. You know, if we, if we kind of look at our, our dream, our soul's calling as a a living entity that is separate from ourselves, Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, again, clinging to it. And I know that's me and I identify as, you know, and if, if fit for service had said, I know we identify as this, there wouldn't have been room for that kind of growth. And, you know, the input that they, they took from us, um, they're open to that. You know, it's a living, breathing thing because Aubrey did the exact same thing. He had an idea. He went into a direction. He's not steadfast in, no, it's got to be this way. So things are able to grow and, and also improve. And yes, this summit was way less like herding cats than the other two summits, for sure. Um, you know, our first one was in Costa Rica during the pandemic. So there was just kind of a slight element of chaos to it anyway, because mm-hmm. we were traveling to a different country in the middle of a lockdown and a pandemic. So, That's fun. you know, and they were negotiating, yeah, they were negotiating that at the same time, yeah. you know, for service. So, um, and each summit has been totally different experience, but yes, Sedona, you know, they, they figured it out that, okay, it's growing and it's blooming and you know, we're going to need this person over here to handle this now. And we'll get another person over here to handle this instead of, again, clinging to this person does this and that's it. And they do everything. They're open. And I think as long as we stay open and just kind of allow things to flow naturally, Mm -hmm. instead of trying to control the very, very specific direction, it's, it's a benefit you know, and it's a benefit. And it reminds me, I I know I've heard this a couple of times. They're like, they want fit for service to be the example of how to do stuff. So even energetically, the example is what you're living now, kind of being open to however it it happens and the intention and the surrender thing. So it's kind of like you have this intention to create the space into this vibe and to help people live happier, I think is what you said. And now it's just like kind of surrendering it up to see what the universe has in store for you. So it's interesting to hear, to, to see the energetic example of how they've done things and loosely hanging on to an intention. And now you're sort of doing that. I didn't even think of that um, as being the example, because I have a little community, you know, my little online coaching group, Conscious Champion that I have. So I was thinking literal community, but I'm seeing it run energetically through you. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's very, I've definitely, um, I'm definitely an example. I mean, I'm, and this is not my ego at all, actually, but I'm definitely an example of what they talk about wanting people to do. Mm. And, you know, when I joined, um, you know, like I said, it was a roll of the dice. It's COVID. It's, you know, money's weird businesses are weird and it was an investment but with that investment like I did it a hundred percent yes a hundred percent I went in I was all over that app you know (laughs) and everybody knew who I was even if I didn't know who they were because I I did it you know and I got out of it exactly what I put into it which really was everything it was all the energy was 
I didn't have anything else to do during yeah. lockdown. So <laughs> fit for service got my full attention, yeah. you know, and I read the books and I was on the challenges and listened to the coaches. And, but more importantly, listen to what was reflected back to me from the people in it mm. and their love and their support is what got me to be able to say you know yep this is what i'm going to do what's the worst that can happen you know and that's really that's really it and i mm. i think it's important for us to go out into the world and do that you know um i know a lot of people get addicted um to retreats and workshops and being in it because it's you know obviously when you're at a four-day yoga retreat in the mountains somewhere of course no of course you don't want to leave of course you want to go do that the next weekend too you know take that integrate it into your life and into the community that you're around because that's how the world changes you know the world doesn't change 50 million people at a time. The world changes one person at a time. So if you can bring that energy, whether it be from fit for service or your coaching community, you know, your community that you coach, or, you know, I don't know, a mom's group, you know what I mean? And, and integrate that into your daily life. You're going to start touching other lives and it's going to have that ripple effect. And that's how things change. It doesn't change from standing on a soapbox and yelling in either direction. You're not gonna change minds that way. And you're certainly not gonna change hearts. And that's really what the world needs right now is everybody to just, you know, be in their heart, you know? And if you can do that by example, that's the best, that's the best way. It does me no good to sit here and tell you to be in your heart and go do things if I'm not doing that, you know? So. As I sit on my soapbox and tell you that, <laughs> but you know what I'm, you know where I'm going. You know where I'm getting at. Totally. Um, and integration, you just brought up a really interesting point. So um, I guess, and you know, it's when you said people getting addicted to retreats, do you think it's because of a lack of integration? Like they don't finish out the process. So they think they have to keep going back to the retreat and back to the magic because they're not integrating it into their daily life. I think they can absolutely be a, be a part of it. Sure. I see that happen a lot um, with plant medicine ceremonies as well. It's very difficult to take that kind of magic into the real world, into a traffic jam, into, you know, a rude cashier at Home Depot, you know, and, and all you want to do is like, I, I want to go back to Sedona, you know, well, of course. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of it integrating that kind of knowledge is difficult mm -hmm. and a lot of the emphasis is not put on that both in retreats and in plant medicine spaces it's like okay you're good you've had your experience you feel better great okay bye and that's no way to send people into the world you know and i'm i am by no means a specialist in integration whatsoever um, and the ceremonies that I have facilitated here already, you know, I straight turn people on to people I know who are integration specialists because, you know, it's like here you need to talk it through. You need to really digest any lessons that you've learned 
from a retreat, from a plant medicine ceremony, and then, you know, see where you're at. It, it worries me. I mean, and, and I get it. There's a, it, there's a lot to it. Um, but it worries me when I hear of people, you know, well, two weeks ago I did this and then next week I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then next month I'm going to do this. And it's like, well, where's that space in between to see how you can take that and be in the 3D in real life, at your job, with your partner, with your children, how does that relate? Yeah. And, you know, I, it worries me when people are like, well, I'm having a really bad day, or I'm having a really bad week, or I'm having a hard time. I need to go sit with ayahuasca. And it's like, yes, maybe. Or, you know, let's find a really 3D, as we say, way of making this happen without having to do that yes and that's one of the reasons why also this will be my last year in food for service because it's a beautiful easy so i i mean easy in that i love everybody um but you know i gotta i have to do this you know i have time for you to fly yeah yeah i think i think that's exactly it and you know, where your energy goes, you know, that's where it's at. So I wanted to make sure I had enough energy for this. But I, I do, I do think that that's an issue. I think integration needs to be talked about more, even in our community, integration needs to be talked about as much as the ceremonies are talked about. Yes, absolutely. And so what are some good ways to integrate? From plant medicines, from retreats, from yeah, yeah. I guess from I guess from plant medicine, and I I'm even thinking now after fit for service is done, there's probably mm-hmm. going to need to be a period of integration where there's n- there's not much. It's almost like you know creating the space and then putting something in it, so the masculine like the harmony of it all. Right. Um, but I even feel like maybe even after fit for service is done, I'm going to need space to integrate all of this because it'd be really easy to sign up for something else and just keep going in 2022 and just whatever so I guess integration from yes plant medicine right um yeah or yeah integration in general maybe okay Um, I'm not well versed in it at all so yeah (laughs) right because it's not you know it's not huge on the on the syllabus I mean I journal but I'm that's even kind of like when I was reading my journal today for my podcast, I was, it was like a story. It was almost like I was writing in it, like what exactly happened and then some of the bullet points, but yeah, if you have any light to shine on integration. Yeah. That's interesting too. The journal thing too, right? Because we like to write it as if it's going to be read by, by everyone. Um, Eric talks a lot about stream of consciousness journaling, which I think is important where you just go and you write, you don't even reread it. You just, you go. Um, My best example is after our first summit, the retreat in Costa Rica, um, where you're really flying high and you're in this safe bubble. Mm -hmm. What I did after that, and I had the privilege of being able to do it, was take a two week solo road trip. I think, and I think this is true also of plant medicine ceremonies is being still, quiet, being alone. You know, a lot of people 
have a, if we saw that during the lockdown, have a really hard time with that. Mm -hmm. And that is of utmost importance, I think, after any ceremony of any kind, is being able to sit quietly by yourself in nature, preferably, and just kind of listen as best you can. And I know, boy, that sounds lofty. Go sit in the woods and just listen. <laughs> Um, you know, and that takes practice too, you know, because the mind's going and is this my ego or is this my soul? <laughs> um, yeah. And taking that kind of time, writing about things um, in a journal is, is awesome. Almost not speaking to anyone about your experience for a little bit. I think especially with plant medicine, mm -hmm. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Um, after doing Bufo, um, our, our facilitator in, in our community, don't think too hard on it, she says. Don't try and figure it out with your brain. Remember that feeling that is in your heart and stay there. Mm -hmm. Because logically, we want it all explained. What did I see? What was that? What does that mean? You know, is this my father? Is this my, what I don't understand? We try and rationalize and think about the unthinkable and the ineffable. Stay in your heart, be out connected with nature in any way that you can. Try to keep your experience here, at least for a few days, because, oh yeah, you're gonna talk to people who have also done it. Oh yeah, yeah, that was, again, with the dismissiveness, you know, and, and people have the best of intentions but sometimes that happens, you know, and, and really reflect on how this experience feels, you know, how am I better for it? Do I feel lighter? Do I feel more in my heart? Can I, how can I take this into my daily life? You know, and many times, especially after summit or after a powerful medicine ceremony, you know, you, you call everybody, you know, you got to join fit for service. You got to do ayahuasca. You got, you know, that's hold that, you know, hold that and see how you can internalize that and take it out into the world. And that's not necessarily preaching about it. Mm -hmm. And I read a lot of comments like after our Sedona summit, you know, how can I hold this feeling? Well, you can't, you know, because that was that moment. But what you can do is, you know, how do you react to things now? You know, how you can't walk around just handing people mushrooms. I mean, you can, but it's going to be a really short career. Um, but you take that kind of love and you, you just understand when someone is an asshole to you at Home Depot, for instance, you know, okay, you're just me living a different life you're going to get there, you're in pain. It's more about just kind of changing your perspective, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and understand, you know, we're still very much humans, you know, we're humans having a spiritual experience, but we are human, you know, and have that kind of grace with yourself, you know, coming back from ayahuasca, if things still make you sad or mad or upset, well, of course, you know, none of it is a magic bullet. Retreats aren't magic bullets, plant medicine. They're just tools, little flashlights to shine on what needs to be fixed. And then you grab the tool 
to fix, you know? So mm. as many tools in your tool belt as you can have, you know, the books you need to read, the podcasts you need to listen to, those are all tools, you know? It's all gearing you up for whatever may come. Yeah. It's almost like you have to do the work. Like you can go and have the light shined on it, but if you don't come home and actually read the book, and you don't right. put those nice compassionate practices into practice, then right. that's where the magic dies and people keep living, maybe going to the retreats and like get addicted to that feeling because they're not actually bringing that back down to, you know, their real everyday life. Yeah. I believe that's called spiritual bypassing. I, I believe that okay. falls into that category at least, you okay. know? So kind of, a, well, let me see. Is there anything else I want to say about integration? It's almost like a conscious choice to live what you've learned. For me, coming back from Summit, it's been, you know, I came back to my state and actually I got really blessed. We had a big windstorm and we were out of power for two days. And I was like, I secretly love this right now. I had all the candles on in my house. Like we were like barely charging our stuff. So I, I feel like I got really blessed coming back that I kind of got two days of kind of like glamping um, that I got to integrate. So that was a really nice little treat for me. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's a perfect way to do it too. You know, um, detach from this kind of crap that we somehow feel um, obligated mm -hmm. to sit with all of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to get up in the morning and check my emails and check my messages. And it's like, one of the things that I've taken away from this last year is my phone doesn't get touched for the first hour I'm awake. You know what I mean? The first hour I'm awake, it's quiet in here. I'll go outside now because of the time change. It's also 4.30 in the morning, but that's okay because the stars are out, you know, and I can watch the sun come up and I can start my day like a being in nature because we are nature. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. Like I have to schedule time to be in nature. It's like, no, you know, if you detach from that kind of stuff, it really does help any integration process, you know. Cool. Interesting. Um, I keep losing my train of thought, but I do I, like I don't know. Because I keep rambling on for like 20 minutes. No, that's okay. It's yeah. all it's all perfect. I want to go back to the feeling of something is missing because I've heard that, you know, I have, I have like life coach clients or spiritual coach clients and I have people who feel that and they, they're like, something's missing. Like maybe their life isn't super perfect, but there's like, no, there's like an underlying like hole. And then we talked about, okay, we talked about heaviness and then lightness. So it's almost like when you fill up with your soul, you feel lighter, but when something's missing, you feel heavy. And I just thought that was an interesting feeling because usually when something's missing, you feel lighter. Right. But right. with the soul, the more that you fill up with your soul, you become lighter. So um, can we go back to that emptiness feeling and like how maybe where you started? Yeah, it's, um, th that's a God, that's such a great way of explaining it the way that you just did. I hadn't even thought about that or looked at it that way. <laughs> um, you know, I think obviously um i think that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and i think the more that we deny that 
I think that heaviness that we feel is, is, you know, just that, that soul's yearning to be connected to the, to a higher source, to, to kind of like an everything. And I think in the absence of having a spiritual practice, you know, you don't feel that connect. You don't like, yes, nature's beautiful, but it's, it's over there and I'm over here. Or, you know, the stars are beautiful, but they're up there and I'm over here. And you're denying that kind of flow of energy that goes within everything. And I think that the denial of that, that heaviness is literally your soul knocking on you, going, you're ignoring me or, you know, I, I need to be out and, and full of light. And then when you have that, you do have that, that lighter feeling. Um, how it happened for me was I was literally just discussing it with a client, uh, a cleaning client at the time. I'm like, it's just so it's weird. And, you know, she's, she is the one who suggested to talk to this, to this shaman who was trained in Peru with the Caro tribe and, and the whole thing. And I laughed because he was a white guy. And I'm like, that's, that's not a shaman. <laughs> You know, um, and maybe the use of that word has been a bit overplayed for sure. I don't, I don't deny that at all. So I actually almost went in with like kind of a, as, as I have a tendency to do kind of like a critical, yeah, this is probably bullshit, but why not? I'll, I'll run through it. And the, the, just how I felt afterwards was it's almost indescribable. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, believe, I wasn't like running around, you know, God is great, this kind of thing by any stretch of the imagination, but it did kind of connect me to go, okay, that is what I'm missing. Mm -hmm. I need a practice of some kind that reminds me I am connected to everything because I think that's part of the heaviness too when you're feeling disconnected and, you know, 360 back to community, you know, when you, when you feel disconnected, it's almost like, what is the point of any of this? So you can only obtain so much satisfaction from anything that you do, mm -hmm. you know, because you still feel like, well, okay, great. What's the point? Yeah. But when you have that connection or when I do, I shouldn't speak in ter broad terms, when I discovered I was missing that connection and then got it back to a certain degree, you know, and then my practices all of the time are always trying to reinforce that. Yes. That, yeah, that lightness comes through. And it, then it is easier to deal with jerks at Home Depot or traffic or whatever, you know, if you believe that everything in divine timing and there are no coincidences and these types of things it actually is like all right cool i'm supposed to be sitting in two hours of traffic who knows why we don't know mm -hmm. i'm willing to have the faith now to say there's a better i know there's a reason you know i know there's a reason even all the things that would aggravate me and fit for service and you know why am I doing this? Why am I spending this money? Why am I making travel arrangements? It's all, none of this is good timing. And then inevitably things line up and I'm like, oh, that's why, you know, 
-hmm. And it's nice not to be, I mean, it's great to be the pilot of your own plane for sure, you know, and uh, none of us are helpless and none of us are in fact victims. We can all, you know, you know, steer the ship, but it's nice to know that I'm not in charge of the world. Do you know what I mean? It's super relaxing. You go, okay, you know, out. This is not to say that you just make a vision board and stay home and it's all, you know, picture of a yacht and it's all going to come to be, no problem. You know, we still have to take actions because we're still human, but it is nice to know that there's a, a force behind it, a benevolent force, I might add, not a punishing force, not a, this weird karma police running behind us, you know? Um, and it just kind of makes things a little bit easier. Mm. I don't remember that 24 seven, you know? And, but I have grace with myself too. You know, it's like, oh shit, that's right. I forgot everything's divinely timed. I'll settle down now, you know? And that's the human part, right? There's that's like, if we're always like balancing that and remembering that. Um, it, so it's interesting that you said, I always think as within, so without. So the more connected that we get in here, like the more connected that we can get out there with people, with nature, with our purpose, with everything. But it starts from connecting with our soul, like you getting your soul retrieval and starting to do the inner work. And then we're able to connect just like if you don't love yourself, it's very hard to love others and because you don't have it first. So right. I always am reminded of the as within, so without thing. And then I think about how you said the guy at Home Depot. Um <laughs> So it's almost like, it's like the compassion exercise. And then it's kind of like the inner child. Like when I see somebody being a dick, I'm like, oh, that's just little mm -mm -mm, looking for something. So yeah. it's like learning about the inner child and learning about compassion and vulnerability and all these different things. When I see it in other people, it's, um, it's kind of a game for me. And then it lowers my uh, like taking it personal. Like, oh no, it's nothing personal. That was just their, you know, inner child doing that. Um, and when we start to look within ourselves and connect to our soul, we meet other people soul to soul. It's not, I don't see age. I don't see gender. I don't see where you're from or what you do. I, all I see is soul. And, um, I think that's something that's so beautiful about the spiritual work and doing the work on yourself is that your perspective does change and everything starts to become one. Um, and how you said about nature, that was my big takeaway from summit was like this nature and these people that I love so much is also me, me too. Yeah. Yes. And that was something I never really connected to. I mean, I find God in plants and animals and people. It's almost a game, but the first, for the first time ever, I felt it was like me too. How could it not be? I made all of, all of that. Right. Right. So, it's interesting, yeah. the spirit work. <laughs> it is. It's super interesting, you know, and, and you're definitely right that if, if we don't love ourselves, we can't love, we can't love anyone else, you know, because then what we're, we're doing to other people is we're loving the thing about them that we wish we were or thought or not, you know, mm. um, and that's super, super important. And, and, you know, the, we are God, 
You know what I mean? I, we're not, we're not separate from source. You know, we are source and we are powerful and there's amazing things that we can do within ourselves and to affect the world. But again, we just, we've grown up in a place, in a country, in a culture, really not specific to the United States that, you know, everything is separate. Your God is over here. Your nature is over here. You, you have your career. This is over here. And then you have, you know, and, and everything is compartmentalized. And, and we live that way, right? We live in these boxes right next to people we don't know, you know, stacked on top of each other. This is not the way the human animal was built and designed to live as the pandemic clearly showed us, you know, and we just get more and more separated, more and more separated and, you know, consume this and have this. And if you buy this, then you'll be happy. And if, you know, if you don't have the latest iPhone, I don't know how you're ever going to get through the rest of your life, you know, kind of an attitude. And I think for me at a certain point, it just became not about that anymore at all. You know, that wasn't making me happy. I had the house, I had the vacation house, I had the sea dues, I had the blah, 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 blah. And I had that empty, heavy, mm. you know, and the simpler I make it, the more I downsize. I mean, I live in this store, you know, gone from the big house to I live on a mat in the back of a store and I couldn't be happier because I'm not attached to these millions of things that make my happiness contingent on those things, you know? So oh. remembering that we're God, remembering that we're powerful, it just makes the traffic jams and the jerks that, you know, I keep referring to Home Depot. It's not a shot on Home Depot. <laughs> I've been there a lot this week. Uh, so it's my first reference you know, it makes all of that easier to take. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking about set and setting before we got on today yeah. and just the words of set and setting. And I was thinking about a psychedelic trip and how it matters before you go into a psychedelic trip. But then I was also thinking, doesn't your set and setting matter no matter what you do or where you are or what you're about to do? That's absolutely it. That is absolutely it. You know, I was thinking about the little turn of phrase for my business. Right now it's gifts and gatherings for the conscious community. Oh. But it could just as easily be, you know, set and setting, life is ceremony. That's and what I was going to say. Yes, yes. And it's so true. You've, you've nailed it. Every, you know, and life is ceremony. is ceremony. We have holidays coming up where we're all going to go see our families you know, um, not all, but at any rate, that's a ceremony, yes. you know, and we touched on integration equally as important, I think, is the preparation, yes. you know, um, before ayahuasca or, or some other ceremonies too, plant medicine, you do a dieta and you're prepping your body and you're honoring the medicine. Mm -hmm. And I think the same could be true of retreats, our summits, um, Thanksgiving dinner, you know, with the fam. Um, treat things in your life, you know, not, it, it, you know, you don't have to light 15 candles and have like this huge prayer ceremony before you leave the house to go to work, but honor 
the ceremony that is life. Don't try and wake up with a sense of gratitude. Name three things that you're grateful for every morning. Like honor the fact that you had a one in like 900 billion chance of being born. You were. So let's treat it as if it's something special because it, it is in the end something special and a ceremony to be revered, you know? And man, it took me a long time to get here, Danny. It really, really did, you know? But I've just seen these incredible miracles unfold for me, a non-believer mm. who thought, who rolled, I mean, I rolled the shit out of woo <laughs> stuff. And now I've got the hat with the feather and the thing. And, you know, but it feels right. It, and treating stuff like that, I, I think is important. Like even before Sedona, like understanding I was going to a summit, you know, and clearing my schedule. So mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, in a huge rush doing a million things right before I left. Same on the back end. I knew when I came home, I'd have at least a couple days, you know, before I didn't get the full two weeks this time, but that's my own fault. Um, <laughs> for starting a business but you know allow that time and understand it honors everything and it honors yourself and when you honor yourself you really are in fact honoring the universe and the energy around and it it comes back to you you know it definitely comes back so before that thanksgiving with the in-laws or the parents and you know you take that time to prepare you know and i know we've talked and other people in fit for service too, like my family doesn't understand or they don't, you know, I'm in a call, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then also understand that, like know your audience. So set yourself up for the best kind of success that you can, you know, okay, great. We're not gonna talk, I'm not gonna talk about this with these people, or I'm not gonna talk about my Bufo experience or my ayahuasca or my incredible class that I took you know honor those things for yourself and honor what's going on you know in life have that prep time so you know if it's going to be a stressful situation you have a better handle on it frankly or don't go also don't go <laughs> <laughs> i love life is ceremony i was thinking about that as i was getting ready today it, everything is sacred like we are sacred. We are God, not just like plant medicine. We're going to meet a spirit, but like, we are also spirit. Right. And, and yeah, I love life as ceremony because everything is sacred and set and setting matters because where you live matters, right? Like how you set up your house, the way you, who you have around you, like what your set is before you leave your house in the morning or what your set is when you're about to go meditate. So I think everything in life is kind of set and setting, but just when you're in a psychedelic experience, it just, it just amplifies the shit out of that. So it's like, it really matters what your set and setting is. But if you were to take it down, a psychedelic experience, it just amplifies how you are in the moment, right? Like where your psyche is sort of, and what it's getting ready to do. So I like life as ceremony. I think it is. And I just, because we are sacred. Right. Right. Well, maybe I'll put that on the t-shirt, you know, on the back of the set and setting t-shirt. Let me know when that's out because I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those I'll be shipping everywhere for sure. 
but yeah, I, th I think it's very true. I think it's very true. And, you know, it's not going to prevent you from having a bad day or, you know, shit going sideways because it's still life. But if you start every day with that intention and you even, because then it makes the stuff that goes sideways more, to more tolerable because it's part of your ceremony today. Part of my ceremony today is, you know, this car accident or this, you know, fender bender or this exchange with a crazy homeless person on the corner, you know, though that's the universe working through you. If you see it that way, rather than look at this pile of shit that happened to me today, it helps your experience with it, you know? It's just like one more way to just be a little bit happier about things. Absolutely. And it's like a bad trip, like bad trip, right. have uncomfortable trips. Like maybe right. they're not always like great, but that's just like some days we have uncomfortable days or days where kind of shit goes a little sideways, like you said, but maybe there is a lesson in that. Maybe it was like rushing or speeding or something was, there's a lesson in there for you. So right. it's just so crazy how you can collapse a psychedelic trip down into life, life. And then set and setting is in, in matters for psychedelics, but it, your life is a psychedelic trip kind of. So Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that's why Jordan Peterson insists that you make your bed in the morning. You know, it's your, it's your setting. If your setting is a shit show, likely your life is, you know, and I, I'm too busy. I'm too, then you gotta, you gotta dial it back. Nobody's, nobody's getting points for being super busy. You know, no one, there's no scorecard at the end of life for that kind of thing. You know, I've been to enough funerals to know the only thing people talk about was the kind of person you were. You know what I mean? I, I've been to poor funerals and rich funerals. Same conversation. Doesn't matter. You know, what kind of person were you? And how can you get to be the kind of person you want to be? You know, those are the little steps that you take every day. You know, and nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect at it. I am sitting here smiling right now because I happen to be in a good mood, you know, <laughs> 24 hours ago. Eh. <laughs> you know, um, but again, grace with yourself and just keep reminding, just keep taking it back. It's just like practice. It's like anything else. If you mm -hmm. want to be great at being, you know, spiritually fit, it takes work and practice not a microdose of psilocybin and all of a sudden you're a good person, not a trip to the jungle to do ayahuasca and then you're a good person. You know, you got to work it in on a daily and that's, that's the shit. That's, that's the hard part for sure. It's easy to get on a plane and go do drugs. Yes. It's easy to come here and, and do drugs. You know, the hard part is what are you going to do with it tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's kind. It reminds me because you know my body, my thing is in body, my background's in bodybuilding. It reminds me of steroids, like when people want to get big quick, they take a big shot of boost testosterone, and they think it's gonna like shoot them through the roof without working out or doing the cardio or eating clean. And that's kind of what it's almost like. Ayahuasca is sort of the spiritual steroid, and then you have to come back and you have to do your cardio and you have to sit there and meditate and do the practices and do the training. Um, and it's a tool, it's a flashlight, it's a helper, but it's not the work. Right. Wow. What an excellent metaphor. That's so funny. You know, it's, <laughs> it's true. Cause like athletes on steroids, I've heard Rogan talk about this too. He's like, yeah, but you don't just take steroids and go home. 
No. You know, dude, dude is still lifting weights. You know what I mean? People think you do. People yeah. don't try that. They'll go take a shot of test and go sit on the couch and then think that that's it. That you just get yoked. Just, you, yeah. just sitting there. That's what yeah. they hope when they buy the little bottle of oil and they think sure. that that's what it's going to do for them. But the same thing, people going to ceremony after ceremony, they think that that's going to do it. Yeah. I've, I have spoken with people who have, who have sat in those big journeys once or twice and got it and they're solid, you know, mm-hmm. and I know people who do it three, four times a year, four years. Yeah. And I'm like, you wouldn't, I would have never guessed that they had ever sat with a plant medicine because they're just like spun out and doing all the things and checking the boxes. It's like, oh yeah, no, I've done that. And I've done that. And I've done that. And it's like, okay. So, you know, and you know, I, I, I said that to the group, you know, at a certain point, it just becomes doing drugs, which is also okay. But make sure you're telling yourself the truth about that. Yes. You know, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with recreational drug use. <laughs> Believe me. I'm a fan. But let's, you know, let's, you know, call a spade a spade. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, isn't it like when you do enough plant medicine, your consciousness sort of, when you're doing the integration, doing it correctly, you get to a point where you really don't need it. You're sort of in this higher vibration yeah. for most of the time where maybe you need just like a little touch of it every now and again, like just to remember. But um, I was watching an ayahuasca documentary or something and they were saying how you do it enough and then you reach a certain point where. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cool. it, I mean, it's gotta be, you know, um, uh, I know someone um, who's a healer who sat with ayahuasca twice and the second time ayahuasca said to her, you don't need to come back. I'm always with you, Mm. you know? And, and people do plant medicine for all kinds of reasons. I mean, I, I did Bufo before joining this group because I was desperate for something to change. Mm -hmm. I felt super stuck. Um, so I did it and then came back three more times and did it four times within a six month period, got my world rocked and now I'm good. You know, I'm not done forever, you know, never say never to anything, but I don't have to keep going to do it just because I know where to go to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a big thing. Um, and yeah, those little touch-up things, those little connections, those little direct connections to source that you want to get. But I'm talking about doing it in lieu of living your life and fixing your shit. You know, I mean, we definitely know people who go all the time. They're doing it to connect and and do whatever, you know, with source, with their God, with their relationship with ayahuasca or whatever the medicine is. Mm-hmm. I see people, other people though, running around with their shit not together, thinking every time they go to the jungle, that's gonna knock their shit together. And it's not, you know? So there is a difference. There's a spiritual reason, there's a healing reason to go do these different medicines. And everybody's path is their path. If somebody's path is to go sit with ayahuasca 17 times a year and still not fix their shit, that's their path. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I worry. Yeah. I, I just worry we're going to run out of ayahuasca one day because people just keep running to do it every time they have a bad mood. Yeah. You know, and, but yeah, that preparation is just as important as integration. I highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many resources now for mm-hmm. integration. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who's thinking about it, because how can you not be? We've been talking about it. It's, you know, psilocybin is everywhere in the news. MDMA is everywhere in the news. There are beautiful resources to tap into these medicines if, if someone does not have experience. Mm-hmm. And there's wonderful resources for integrating those experiences too. There's definitely people you can reach out to, which I highly recommend on those deep, deep dives. And now there's a wonderful shop opening on 1111 to get your setting setting right for that. That's exactly trip. right. If you need those, those smudge sticks and the sage and the ceremonial clothes and the whole vibe, um, yeah, I think it's important. There, It's reminders, you know, it's reminders. That's why I have an altar, you know, it's just Remember, remember, because we forget super. That's exactly, exactly. It's super, super easy to forget. Yeah. You know, it's super easy. Somebody told me altars altar. Was I talking to you? I I was talking to somebody and they're like altars altar. And I love that because they do. And so all the stuff at your shop is going to help people set up like a little altar for themselves at home. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, uh, cure it's very curated stuff it's it's not a wall full of crystals but it is a wall full of you know intentional stone jewelry um certain books you know especially books that we've touched on in fit for service you know there's carl young up in this joint you know there's terence mckenna there's alan watts um oh, yeah but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah because it's important yeah. you know and the stuff here is definitely made with love and intention and I think that you can feel that when you walk into the store mm. you know and it's uh, a little bit of positivity out into the world you know and it's gonna it's gonna do do what it do but you know, it's all from the very best of intention. Certainly, it's it's not just one more white woman trying to capitalize on you know indigenous traditions and cultures. It's it's very much from the heart, and that's my intention. It's it's certainly not to become a millionaire selling sage. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I just I just want people to you know to get it. It makes all of our lives easier the more people who get it, you know, if that makes any sense. And so I guess um, we'll kind of close this out with people who are looking for your shop. Where can they find you? Oh, yes. I am in, I couldn't have picked a smaller town (laughs) and a one more off the beaten path. Um, I'm in a little city called Morro Bay in central California. Um, closest landmark would be Big Sur. I'm, I'm just south of Big Sur. I, um, as you said, I'm opening on 1111. 
and Instagram is at my set and setting. Um, as I spoke of earlier, website to follow, <laughs> but right now it's the Instagram, um, which is the best way to reach me. Um, once the store opens on Thursday, I will obviously be posting pics of stuff all over the store. I am happy to hook up anybody who is maybe in a place, who lives in a place that this is not available to them. Being from Southern California and all, you really can't swing a cat around here and not hit a metaphysical store. So we're very used to being able to have this, but I realized maybe in Nebraska, that's not the case. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, um, eventually I'll probably get to online shopping, but at this point, anything that you see me post or you can always send me a message on Instagram um, and our inst my Instagram account has all, you know, the address, the phone number, the email. You can ask, I can provide or do anything, you know, that I can to get people what they need who are maybe not in these really cool woo-woo areas. Um, but yeah, that's how you find me. Social media, unfortunately, <laughs> but... <laughs> it's the most time I've spent on Instagram since it was invented was this store mm. uh, but you know that's the best way to get a hold of me for sure and to see what's going on here well I'll definitely make sure to keep in touch with everything and next time I'm in California I'm going to make it a point to come and hang out in your chill spot in the back back, back there and maybe do a sound ceremony or a little mushroom ceremony with you I would love to experience that with you so oh, I'm really I would be so thrilled I would be so thrilled and you know in a few months we will be doing a meetup here um you know with the full house and and the whole thing um yeah, but yeah that's where the events will be we'll be on the ground yes okay amazing Aaron thank you so much for your time and energy today it was so great to connect with you about all the things I just I'm so honored that you asked, Danny. I'm so thrilled that we have connected through this vessel of fit for service. And I, you know, I just love you. I was so stoked to finally get to meet you in person too in Sedona. And you know, it's the beautiful thing about our community is we're we're instant family, which which I love. So I love you so much and thank you for having me. Thank you. I love you so much too. And good luck with your store opening. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate the plugs. Thanks so much. And thanks everybody for watching. I appreciate your time and energy. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Mm -hmm.